The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to Sharp Lessons, everybody. We are Stadium's sports betting podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Stadium Bets. We're going to be posting all of our bets from today on our Twitter again at Stadium Bets. We appreciate everyone tuning in, listening, subscribing. Give us a rate. Give us a review. We'd love to hear from you um, on the Apple Podcast app, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. He's Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Nate, this is my favorite day of the week. Our favorite, my favorite podcast that we do throughout the whole week because it's Picks Friday. This is the day we get all our picks, all our best bets, um, and we get to make them back to back. College football, NFL, we got some brunch time winners, we got some underdogs we like. It's the most exciting part of the week. Yeah, it's the day we all been waiting for as we prepare Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to give our best bets, narrow down our list. I know for me personally, Monday morning, I'm already starting to write down. Teams who might make the cut, maybe some totals that could interest me, whether it's college or the NFL. And throughout the week, just kind of do your research and try to figure out where the line's going and try to make the best possible bet at the right time, which is very important. Always getting the best number as before the show, we were just kind of fine tuning some of the numbers to make sure we're giving accurate information and not giving out numbers that existed a few days ago that aren't available right now. Yeah, so we want to make sure we have the best numbers, and we got plenty of college football picks, NFL picks as well. But we want to start with the weather report because we have to know where the, what the uh, weather is doing throughout the country this week because it's important for the yeah. over-unders, uh, especially um, for games like these when, when you know it's going to be rainy, if it's going to be windy, whatever it may be. Um, and it looks like, Nate, we actually have a pretty good weather report for the first time on the show. It's good. Last week, I think, was good. It was mild. It was it was hot weather, though, around the country. I, I was thinking about watching that Cyhawk game, and it was 90 degrees on the field, and Iowa State brought out the, the black jerseys as the home team, which was a interesting strategy. And then, of course, they lost. I'm sure they were uh, feeling a little bit more hot than the Iowa Hawkeyes who were wearing their traditional whites. But uh, in terms of weather, just some spots to look at. If you're betting games that are located more in the southeast region of the United States, so the SEC, you have that big game in Gainesville between Alabama and Florida where we've seen that total go up. It looks like there's a chance of rain in a lot of those areas in the country, in the southeast at SEC stadiums, ACC stadiums. So if you're looking to bet an over, maybe looking to bet a big favorite, be careful at that situation. Look to make sure to see where the rain is coming and, and maybe look closer to the day of on the day of the game uh, tomorrow morning on Saturday as opposed to right now because rain especially in like Florida is very unpredictable and then I looked at the NFL on Sunday and it's more rain in Florida Jacksonville and Tampa all hosting games Miami's also hosting a game it doesn't look like it's going to rain in Miami when they play Buffalo but it's going to be very hot Buffalo's a team from the northeast region I know it's hot in the summer in Buffalo, but I think that Florida humidity is a different kind of level of heat that maybe we could see some players on Buffalo wear down a little bit as the game goes on. And then 
also another game where there's rain and it's a game we'll talk about later. Tennessee's playing Seattle and in, in the Titans against the Seahawks. And I don't even know if it, we should mention it because it rains so much in Seattle. That's that's probably already <laughs> like baked in to some of the lines because it rains so much in the Northwest. But make sure you're checking. If you're betting the over, make sure to check weather because really the a rain and wind especially could really alter that. Sometimes the rain helps because the ball is a little more slippery. It leads to more turnovers, more short fields. So don't overrate the weather, but definitely something to know about if you are putting a bet in for a game. All right, so let's go to our college football picks. We have plenty of them, at least. Yeah, I think we each have a good amount of college football picks we wanted to get to. We could start with one of the marquee matchups of the weekend, Nate. This this college football slate is actually really good this weekend, and we're, we're coming off a couple weekends of college football where you have a couple of good marquee games, but this weekend you have a lot of good ones. Um, and we can, stay with, we can start with Penn State and Auburn, and this is a game both you and I have talked about pretty much all week with talking a little bit on Monday, looking at that early line, and Wednesday we really went hard um, looking at this game, and I think we both like the under in general. But because we both like the under, I think we are both going to be taking the Auburn team total under because neither you and I, I think, don't have very much confidence in Auburn quarterback Bo Nix. Um, and I don't think we have much confidence in the Auburn offense in general on the road, Saturday night whiteout game in Happy Valley against that Penn State defense. Yeah, exactly. It's all about road Bo Nix, who has really struggled yeah. on the highway in his career, goes to a hostile environment. A lot of people are saying Auburn, you know, maybe a surprise team or I don't know. There there was when we talked about this game on Wednesday, the line was Penn State minus six. Auburn has taken some money since then. I don't get why Auburn beat Akron and Alabama State in their first two games with a new head coach. So you have a new head coach, a quarterback who struggles on the road going to what I think I know the SEC has a lot of very hostile places to play, but Penn State at night is is up there it's with hard. LSU yeah. at night, and especially since it's the first big home game at Penn State since 2019, so it's going to be a really raucous crowd. I think Auburn's really going to struggle offensively, and that's kind of the position I want to take. Instead of the full game under between both teams, because we, we like the under, we kind of like Penn State each, Going Auburn under the team total is going to constitute a best bet for at least me. I don't know what you want to do with the game, Ben. I'll probably honestly have three bets in that game, the Penn State side, the under full game. But the most money I'll have in the game and the one I recommend to anyone who's just looking for one bet for a college football Saturday would be the Auburn team total under 23 and a half. Yep, I'm with you there. I think I have to tell you on that Penn State an Auburn game with the with Penn with Auburn's team total being 23 and a half it's I wish it was 24 I, I mean I think it was 24 earlier on in the week and that's a number I would have loved to hit early on but a lot of these books don't bring their team totals out super early so it would have been a little difficult to hit that 24 it's been brought down to 23 and a half I love it I, I don't know what people see in Bo Nix or what they continue to see in Bo Nix, Bo Nix and people are saying this is Bo Nix's time. This is the time he's be able to to show up and be the quarterback everyone at Auburn thought he could be. And I just don't see it. And I brought that stat up on Wednesday. He hasn't thrown for 300 yards plus in a in a road game in his career at Auburn. And I don't see him doing it for the first time in his career at a hostile environment in Penn State on the road. His the first tough game of the season for Auburn. 
I just I don't see it. I don't, I don't know how they score more than three touchdowns in this game. I don't even know if they score three touchdowns in this game. And the other and the, on the other side, I think there's a little bit of concern about Sean Clifford, who hit some big passes against Wisconsin, but other than that, really was not a convincing performance from Penn State's offense in that one big game in Week One. So that's why it's only kind of a, a, a suggestion on Penn State minus the points, but another reason we like that full game under just that the Auburn team total sticks out because maybe Penn State does turn around and they blow out Auburn, which is potentially possible just because we're down on Auburn in general going into this season specifically. Penn State has a huge home home field advantage. Maybe they end up helping to get the over by themselves and winning like 38 to 20 or something. So that's why the Auburn team total under is the way I'm looking and my favorite bet on the uh, college football week three card. Yeah, I'm telling you. So we're both, our best bets are Auburn team total under 23 and a half. I'm going to put some money on Penn State minus five. I wrote that in the article that we have for watchstadium.com. If you want to go and read that article, I put Penn State minus five as one of my top bets. I'm not going to make it my best bet. It's very close to being a best bet, as close as you can be without me giving it out as that. Um, but I do like Penn State minus five. I do like the under Nate. I just don't know if I can bring myself to bet it simply because I have that Penn State minus five. I'm, you know, if Penn State could score 50 points, I would love them to score 50 points. So it would be tough for me to take the under and then also have Penn State minus five. That would just be too much of a sweat for me. I, I'm not I'm not built to to sustain something like that. So I'll probably do I'm going to do Penn State minus five and I'll do Auburn team total under 23 and a half. Now, one of my best bets for college football, Nevada money line. And this has been a really interesting game to watch all week because we know Skylar Thompson is out for Kansas State who Nevada is playing. Nevada's going on the road to Kansas State. Um, they're going to be without Skylar Thompson. And they're going to their backup quarterback, who's had experience last season. I think you go back and look at the record. He was, you know, three and five, something like that, in games that he played. They, they just did not play well when he was in it. I know he has game experience, and I'm sure he had the offseason to get better. But I think this is Nevada's game to lose. And, I, and I'm going to take their money line as my best bet. Their offense has looked lethal this season so far, and this is going to be a very offensive game too. I mean, if you, if you don't like either side, I would suggest maybe taking the over. Deuce Vaughn has a possibility to run all over this Nevada defense for Kansas State, but I do like Nevada in this spot. Um, they've been going from minus two to minus one, back up to minus two throughout the week. Um, so we're seeing some late money, at least right now in Nevada, but I do think they win this game outright. At Kansas State in Manhattan, give me the Nevada money line for my best bet. All right, I'll go with something we talked about on Wednesday, and it was the situations of the week. We had the hangover game for Iowa, currently favored by 22 and a half over Kent State. So Iowa's coming off two big wins. They beat Indiana in the opener. They crushed Iowa State in a game between two top 10 teams last week. But Iowa's really living off turnovers this year. They're the fifth-ranked team in the country, and I don't think that's warranted. I just have a feeling they're going to have a letdown, slow start against a Kent State team who has played at A&M earlier this year. So they played a big program, and they've had that, that tough game under their belt. I think Kent State stays within the number. It's going to be uh, not a best bet, but definitely something I'll have um, going into Saturday, Kent State. Plus 22 and a half. I was hoping maybe get up to 24 because the line actually went up towards Iowa's favor early this week. Don't think it's going to get there, but I'm fine with taking anything more than uh, three touchdowns with Kent State. And then other situation, sandwich game for Arkansas. 
They're favored by 23 and a half against Georgia Southern. Arkansas played Texas last week. They play Texas A&M next week. Now Arkansas is ranked, but this is the same Arkansas team that struggled with Rice. I like Georgia Southern plus 23 and a half. Kind of been holding out for that 24. Maybe it comes on game day, but maybe people also see this tough situation and don't want to back Arkansas. So I would be fine with taking 23 and a half with Georgia Southern tomorrow afternoon. You uh, you love those really long underdogs. I do. It's just the situation's so good. If the yeah. only reason why it's not a best bet is just because like I don't trust the team, and we've seen some situations where these teams just are completely outmatched, are down twenty-one nothing at the end of the first quarter, and then you, you know, you have no not a no shot to win. But now like the live line is like plus thirty-one, and that looks a lot better than what it was before the game. So that's what's kind of preventing it from me being a best bet. But I think the situation is strong. Or if you play against teams in these type of situations over a long period of time, you'd have a winning record. All right, let's go to uh, West Virginia. Let's go to Cole Country, where Virginia Tech takes on the Mountaineers in West Virginia. This is Virginia Tech's first away game all season in week three. Now, we know Virginia Tech from knocking off number 10 UNC, and they looked good. I would argue UNC lost that because they looked bad and not particularly because Virginia Tech looked good. It was a home game for Virginia Tech. They had the home crowd behind them. First game, you could say maybe UNC was a bit overrated, but neither here nor there. Line is minus 2.5, Nate. West Virginia minus 2.5 is my best bet. That's my other best bet for college football this weekend. I love it. I love this spot for West Virginia. It was minus 3 midweek at some point. Um, Now that line has moved a little bit in favor of Virginia Tech to minus 2.5, so I took it at minus 2.5. If you can get under that field goal spread for West Virginia, you might as well grab it. Um, There's also injury news for Virginia Tech. James Mitchell, their tight end, who I think was one of the top targets for them this season, he's going to be out with a knee injury, which is pretty big for how that offense operates. you Throw that in with the fact it's Virginia Tech's first road game at a tough place to play in West Virginia. It's, I mean, it's no Penn State Happy Valley night game, but it's a tough place to play. So I'm going to take West Virginia, lay the two and a half at home. They get their season back on track after losing against Maryland, a very turnover heavy game. They don't lose that game if they don't throw, if they don't turn the ball over four times. So I, I like West Virginia. I think they're a little underrated here. Give me the Mountaineers, minus two and a half. That's a game I was looking at. I think I'm going to stay away. I think it's going to be a very fun game to watch. I also learned this summer, maybe it was the spring, but we think of West Virginia and you think of that song by John Denver, Country Roads. Yes. That song is actually about the western region of Virginia, <laughs> and not the state of West Virginia. So you think- saw that TikTok. <laughs> Was that it? Okay. It was an, there thought, was a guy to TikTok doing that. Okay, so maybe the person who told me learned on TikTok. Now, that's, that's yeah. something. Uh, but you know, anyway, they're still going to be playing that song after every win. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a close geographical rivalry, um, or maybe not a true rivalry, but I think there's uh, there's definitely some bad blood between uh, the programs. I think this is going to be an intense game, a great crowd in, in Morgantown. I could see uh, couches being lit on fire maybe afterwards if the Mountaineers pull it off. <laughs> that's how they like to roll there. So uh, a game I'm interested that's in. Crazy state. Uh, the line has gone down a bit, so I wonder if maybe you can get even a better number uh, close to the game, or maybe a cheap money line. Um, one game I wrote up in the article that Ben mentioned on Watch Stadium was South Carolina 
South Carolina is a 31-point underdog at Georgia, and the total is 47, which is just hilarious because basically you're projecting that game to be like 38-7 to or something like that. And South Carolina, SEC team, but, you know, going on hard times right now. And just to kind of put in comparison and and perspective, Georgia closed as a 22-point favorite last week against UAB. And now they're laying 31 in the same field as uh, against South Carolina. The reason I really like this game, uh, there's some quarterback injury stuff going on. The South Carolina, Luke Doty, he might come back. JT Daniels, Georgia's quarterback, is looks like a game-time decision. So this line could, I can see, move as we get some information about that. But the reason I like this, I think there's a lot of gamemanship going on in this week. Shane Beamer, who's South Carolina's first-year head coach, he was on Georgia's staff from 2016 and 2017. He served as a tight ends coach, a special teams coach. Earlier this week, Beamer said that Georgia had their most talented team in program history. So the South Carolina coach, he's a coach under Kirby Smart, saying nice things about the program. I did some research. I looked back at like what Kirby Smart was saying when he was asked about Shane Beamer at SEC Media Day. He had a very high praise about Beamer and how he like deserves the job, and he worked very hard and kind of like lived up to the standards at Georgia, which he thinks is a demanding place to work. So I think there's a mutual respect between the two. And Kirby, kind of a defensive guy, I just don't think he's going to want to run up the score and embarrass a former assistant in the first game that Beamer is on the sideline in an SEC play. So I think that catching 31 with South Carolina in a game where I don't think Georgia is going to want to run up the score is definitely something I like, and I will be on South Carolina plus 31. 31 and a half, I believe, is still available, especially if JT Daniels uh, won't play. And we get South Carolina starting quarterback back in after he's been injured. I think that this line could go a little bit down especially since the total is 47. I mean, that's just that's just hilarious that's looking at it. Yeah. Because usually if there's like a 31-point favorite, the total's in like the 60s or something. But 47, I mean, that's that's really bad and just kind of shows how bad South Carolina is. But with that, the fact that Georgia, I don't think, is going to run up the score. Smart won't want to embarrass Beamer. We'll take a shot at the Gamecocks plus the uh, big number. I like that. I might tell that um, later on tonight or tomorrow morning. Uh, I got a couple more, Nate, and these aren't best bets. These are just games that I'm going to be hitting, um, but none that I will be suggesting as a best bet. Fresno State, 11 and a half. You put this in your article on Watch Stadium. Um, I just like the spot for Fresno State. They look good against Oregon. I'm I'm not going to bet their money line. Don't think they're going to win, but I think they can cover this 11 and a half against UCLA. And I know this has been a very pro-UCLA podcast, um, and I know we love UCLA, but I think Fresno State is able to keep it within 10 points. And yeah. right now the line's showing that it's moving to 11, some places at 10.5. So I like Fresno State. I got them at 11.5. I like them down to 10.5 um, if you're able to get them. Alabama, first half, minus 7.5. Nate, the tried and true tradition of betting Alabama first half. I think you got to keep rolling with it um, against Florida in the swamp against Dan Mullen's team. Florida's defense is good. That defensive line is, is probably going to give Alabama some issues, but I, you know, it's, <laughs> it's Alabama first half and it's death taxes and Alabama covering first half spreads. So I think you have to run with the Alabama first half spread. And finally, um, this is just kind of a me play. Um, 
people can can tail if they want. But I love I love Liberty minus twenty seven and a half against Old Dominion. I got them early on in the week at minus twenty six and a half, and that line's been moving up. It was minus twenty eight at one point. Old Dominion is fine, and, and Liberty's a really good football team. They have a really good offense, a high powered offense. And the last two spreads that were 30-plus in their favor, they were able to cover. Um, so I like them pretty much to up to 30, honestly, against Old Dominion. Playing at home, bad Old Dominion team, high-powered offense. Give me Liberty minus 27.5, minus 28 um, at some spots. When you said me play, I thought you were going to make a case for the Indiana Hoosiers, now down to 3.5 against the against Cincinnati. And probably the game I'll be uh, most interested to watch as a college football fan. Uh, in the early slate of games. Yeah, it's that game stuff. I don't know if I could bet it since I'm so emotionally invested in it that if I lose, if Indiana loses and I lose my bet, I don't know what I would do. So I, I usually stay away from betting them unless I really, really want to or believe that they can win. So it's going to be a tough game against Cincy. If it was plus four, I maybe would consider it, but I think I have to stay away from that one. I'm personally waiting for three, which maybe can come tomorrow morning and maybe backing Cincinnati at that number. Uh, with yeah. Fresno State, I do agree with that. I just think UCLA is, especially since they had that week off following the LSU win, I think that they might be a little bit cocky and not really focused on a Fresno State team who took Oregon, you know, to the brink. They were winning in the fourth quarter in Eugene, and then what does Oregon do the next week? They beat Ohio State in Columbus. So I think yeah. this Fresno State team could definitely at least go score for score for UCLA for a bit. Who? look great against LSU, but we also expected them to look well, good. So I think this is a time to maybe sell UCLA at their peak. And then another one that I want to do, speaking of buying and selling, maybe buying Utah in a buy low spot against San Diego State off that tough loss against BYU. We'll see about that. That line has gone up from minus seven to as much as minus nine. Looks like it's settled at eight and a half. So if it goes down tomorrow morning, Saturday, when there's some line moves, I'll definitely consider Utah the best number available, along with Cincinnati, if you can get a field goal with the Bearcats. All right, let's go to NFL. Nate, some NFL yep. games. It's NFL stuff. This is a tough weekend, personally, for me, for the NFL. There I love are a ton it. of spots that I like. You love it. You love the board love for the NFL this NFL. Love the NFL. Made a best bet earlier in the week that you can go listen to. On our Wednesday show, or if you want to go follow us, please follow us on the Stadium Bats Twitter account. We have a best bet video from Wednesday where I made my case for the Panthers plus three and a half, and that line has stayed steady at three and a half, but there's also a little bit of plus three in some spots. So I would bet that now Panthers plus three and a half, or maybe after some of the injury reports come out on Friday. I know some lines will move Friday afternoon if you're listening to it then, but Panthers plus three and a half, like that a lot. Basically, the theme of my betting for the NFL this weekend is betting against teams off their like A performance, like their best possible performance, and then maybe buying low on some teams who we had high expectations for going into the year, who came out and either laid an egg or completely terrible, or just didn't meet expectation, and I think are in good bounce back spots. So the first one for me is the Panthers plus three and a half, which I made a best bet earlier in the week. Let's go on another team, and I think we have a, a double best bet here, and it's going to be the Tennessee Titans plus six and a half. And we mentioned teams uh, off their worst performance. I mean, Tennessee looked terrible against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I think the Titans bounced back. 
I believe we talked about this game earlier in the week, and we or maybe we were just talking amongst ourselves, and we saw that line was Seahawks minus five and a half. We were hoping to grab a plus six or better. Well, yesterday the plus six showed up. There's even some six and a half, and because it's six and a half, we can make that the number for our best bet. Look ahead in this line, it was Seahawks minus three and a half. I, don't, I get why there's the adjustment off Seattle's convincing win against the Colts. The Titans look bad against the Cardinals. The thing with the Titans is they weren't able to protect Ryan Tannehill. They had no answer for Chandler Jones on the Cardinals' defensive line. Seahawks don't have that kind of elite pass rusher, and the Seahawks also have very bad cornerbacks. So if I think Tennessee can get the passing in going, protect Ryan Tannehill, you have Julio Jones to pair with A.J. Brown now, and that will just open up the running game. So even though we talk about how bad the Titans' defense is and they're probably going to have a lot of trouble with Russell Wilson, I also believe – we're going to see some success from the Tennessee offense against a bad Seattle defense. It has to be better for Titans offensive coordinator Todd Downing. Game one, week one was horrible. He has to make the adjustments, and if he's not, then it's going to be a really, really troublesome year, I think, for the Titans, even though they're probably never going to be out of it because that division is just so weak. But Tennessee plus six and a half, a bet for me and I believe for us. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be tailing that as well. Uh, I think everything you said makes sense. I just think, again, this is a buy low spot for the Titans. They're better than what we saw week one against the Cardinals. And especially if it's going to be wet, Nate, with that weather report, if it's going to be a little wet, maybe it turns into a ground game. And I trust Derrick Henry against Chris Carson in, in a game like that. So I don't love betting against the Seahawks in Seattle because we know how good they can be. But I don't know if the Titans win it, but at least they cover. And I, and I think they can cover that six and a half, especially since now it's at six and a half. I was a little hesitant at five and a half, but give me that six and a hook. I love it. Um, and staying with the theme, Nate, of betting bad teams from week one who are better than they showed, Bills minus three and a half. I got them at minus three, and if you're able to be patient, maybe you can get them at minus three if that line moves. But it's been stuck at three and a half for most of the week. I still like it. I think the Bills come out. They were a much better team than they showed against the Steelers. Um, and I think that's just inherent in what you see with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And it's very clear that they know they didn't play their best football and they know that they can play better. And they're, you know, super a team that people expect to at least make a run at the Super Bowl. So I like that minus three and a half against Miami. And I know Miami looked good, but Buffalo is just a much better team, especially with it being in Miami. It's going to be humid. Conditions are going to be good. Josh Allen is going to be slinging that ball 50, 60 yards. So give me give me the Buffalo Bills minus three and a half. So early in the week, I liked the Bills. I wrote about in the article on WatchSam.com, my NFL article, which there's some sides in that article which I've cooled down a bit. So I'll definitely comment on Twitter before the end of Friday about where I kind of stand in terms of betting the NFL. I think you can get minus three by kick on the Bills, so definitely get that number if you if you like Buffalo. I'm just a little bit worried that the Dolphins are just kind of they're a, they're a team that they win so many games where like statistically they don't look good, but they do all like a lot of like the intangibles right. Yeah. So I don't know. I I probably will just have a small bet on the Bills in this game at minus three if it gets there, um, but it's not <laughs> going to be one of my best bets. This is my last shot. I'm giving the Bills one last shot here. You know, I, I trust them. I believe in them. I'm going to put my money behind them one final week. And if they don't prove it to me, if they don't cover, that's it. I'm out with the Bills. Good luck to them. 
But I'm giving them one more shot. I'm giving them one more shot to prove themselves against the spread. And they, they should theoretically be able to cover three and a half against Miami. Well, I'm glad you were talking about giving teams one last shot because I have a team that I think will be my one last shot on. It's going to be my other NFL best bet. And I know I'm on a, alone on an island here. I know we have two double best bets, and one in college and one in NFL. I know I will not be able to convince you, and I don't blame you. Uh, the Vikings plus four against the Arizona Cardinals. I said God. theme of the week, betting off, betting against teams off their A-plus performance. And that's what we got from the Arizona Cardinals last week against the Tennessee Titans, who we mentioned before. It's a game where we bet on the Arizona Cardinals plus three, so we expected them to play well. We got up to plus four. It's kind of been moving from three and a half. It's up to four and a half. Those didn't last long. The look-ahead line in this game is Cardinals minus two and a half. So there has been an adjustment through key numbers in this game. So it's not just the normal one and a half point line move. It's gone through three. So that's a, important to note. I just like the idea of taking a stand against Cliff Kingsbury in the favorite role against an, at least an average team in Minnesota. Maybe you don't like them for many different reasons, and I totally understand that. But they're still an average team. Mike Zimmer in the underdog role is is something I will – take a stand on and if I lose so be it but I just like this matchup too for Minnesota's offense if they can protect her cousins they have the wide receivers that could exploit the Cardinals cornerbacks something that the Titans couldn't do last week because Ryan Hill didn't have any time to throw so give me the Vikings plus four plus when you kind of look at home field I don't think the Cardinals deserve that much for home field in a game like this there are plenty of Midwest transplants who live out in Arizona. So I think there's going to be plenty of Vikings fans in this game, a game they need to kind of put their, get their season back on track after that overtime loss against the, uh, the Bengals in week one. So maybe one last tr- time, if they lose, I'll probably find another reason to bet them next <laughs> week when they host Seattle and they get oh, fans God. back in the crowd. But give me the Vikings plus four against the Arizona Cardinals as my other NFL best bets. So three NFL gonna, best bets this week, one college. We're gonna we're gonna have to have an intervention at some point if you keep betting Minnesota. I, I was out on Minnesota after I said they had a must-win preseason game and then they lost that game. I have yeah. not been a fan of Minnesota ever since. I it's more of a, not a play on Arizona. It's a fade on um, Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury off their perfect performance. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I got in the NFL. Two more things that I'll. I'll I like but won't you know I'll bet but won't give out as as best bet territory, especially because this line has moved quite a bit on Thursday. Steelers were minus five and a half. It's now up to six six and a half in some spots. We talked about this on Wednesday show how this is the ultimate hangover spot, maybe the biggest hangover spot in the NFL this year, because the Raiders literally might be hungover after that Monday night <laughs> win yeah. against the Baltimore Ravens in the first game with fans at Allegiant Stadium. Cross country, short week against the Steelers. A little worried about the Steelers' offense, and that's kind of what I had reservations about, why I won't make it a best bet. But I really like the Steelers' defensive line against the Raiders' offensive line, which is something we were concerned with on Monday night going into that game against the Ravens. They held up well at the end. I think the Ravens were a little tired, but there was also a lot of mistakes. The uh, fumble snap over Carr's head. There was some penalties, including when they were trying to hard snap from the half-yard line in overtime, and Alex Leatherwood, the rookie offensive guard from Alabama, jumped. So I think on the road, it's going to be a, a, a tough environment in Pittsburgh for the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, 
Probably wouldn't bet it now, honestly, at minus six and a half. Maybe if it, it goes down to minus six, that'd be the last point I would take it at. But like the Steelers and also like the Colts, which also was in situation of the week, sandwich game. Rams just beat the Bears, primetime national TV. Stafford looked great. Rams host the Buccaneers in week three. If there's a flat spot that they're going to have, it would be against an out-of-conference team with long travel. And when it comes to the matchup, I was thinking about it, and the Bears had a little bit of success moving the ball on the ground. The Colts are a team that relies on the ground game, have a solid offensive line, have a good running back, and Jonathan Taylor and even Naheem Hines if they need him. So I can see the Colts kind of making – they're not going to need Carson Wentz basically to win this game or at least stay within the number. I think they can get the running game going and take a – Take a Rams team and maybe off a uh, off, uh, get them off. Uh, I can see the Rams starting off flat, basically, and that the Colts running backs can, can get uh, the ball moving. And, uh, yeah, Colts plus three and a half. That's uh, the last number I'd like it to. Maybe it gets to four, uh, especially if some of these Colts injuries uh, drive the line a certain way. I like the Steelers move. I, I might. You may have convinced me to. Look at the Steelers a little more closely this weekend, uh, and and you, we were talking about it on on Wednesday um, about that hangover game for the Raiders. It's just the Steelers they were so bad last season towards the end that you would think that they would completely flip it around to start the season, fix some of those issues. I know Ben Roethlisberger is going to be Ben Roethlisberger and look completely inept one snap and look really good the next. So you're just hoping you get more good Ben Roethlisberger than bad. Um, but against a tough Raiders team with a tough game, they had a, an, uh, an overtime. I, I do like the Steelers move. And if you are going to get Roethlisberger's best performance, I think it'd be this game early in the season when he's healthy at home against a bad defense. So kind of yeah. hoping that happens. Not enough to make a big bet on this, but definitely going to use them in contests where, you know, I, I, like, I say I like the NFL board, but that means I like like five games. Usually it's like two or three. So the fact that I like five is why I like it. And the contest, there's a concept of pick seven sides, and I'm having really trouble finding the sixth and seventh team. But I could for certain be like, I'll, I'm fine with going Panthers, Titans, Vikings, Steelers, Colts this week. It's just the seventh and sixth and seventh team uh, where it's really hard, and that's what it's supposed to be in the NFL. It's a very tough market to beat, very efficient, a uh, lot of information that's well known, so you're not, you know, sneaking one by any uh, bookmakers. And if if you might, if you are, then then the line's going to be quickly adjusted to, and someone with a lot more influence and money than us will be uh, agreeing or disagreeing with us. All right, let's do attractive underdogs. We mentioned well, one of these, yeah. Fresno State. Yeah, we mentioned Fresno State. Don't think we have to go over that again. There were just some other attractive underdogs I kind of like wrote down early in the week, and I'm not sure if I'm going to bet it, but maybe if you wanted to like put together a a little bit of a money line parlay in college football. I think those are always fun. The team on Friday night that I have interest in, Illinois hosting Maryland, catching seven. Quarterback Brandon Peters is coming back, so that's a, a solid upgrade for the fighting Illini. And I also just don't really have much faith in, in Maryland on the road. They looked very good against West Virginia in week one. That was a big game for them as a home underdog. Now it's a different fav- a different role being a road favorite at Illinois on a Friday night. So Illinois makes a lot of sense to me. Western Michigan is another one. They played Michigan earlier this season. They got blown out, but they're not that bad of a MAC team. 
Pittsburgh, we were on last week, or at least I was on my best bet of the week, Pittsburgh and Tennessee. So I can kind of see a little bit of a letdown off that Tennessee win for Pittsburgh. Plus, just Pat Narduzzi in that big favorite role, a more of a defensive guy is something I would look to fade. So maybe Western Michigan and then maybe the ugliest underdog, not in terms of point spread, but just the one that you have no idea if you want to have any faith in them, especially after what happened late Saturday night in a home game. But Florida State, 0-2 to start the year. They lost to FCS Jacksonville State on that Hail Mary. Mm -hmm. I don't even think it was a Hail Mary. It was just like a long throw, and they had a really bad defense in because all they needed was to tackle a guy and make sure that he didn't score a touchdown, and and they let it happen. Florida State's playing at Wake Forest, and when it comes to, like, ACC conference games, I like taking a shot or at least looking towards the underdog in games where kind of the ACC teams are equally matched. I always feel like ACC underdogs in games that are spread like a touchdown or less usually are the way to go. I think Florida State, off that horrible loss, there's a little bit of line value created on the Seminoles who really need this game. They cannot start 0-3 because if that happens, then Mike Norvell will have a hard time getting this program to what at least – not even what it once was. I think that's unrealistic, but at least just a, a fraction to what it once was in Tallahassee. Finally, to close up the podcast, brunch time winners. There's a good. There's a plenty of games we could look at yeah. for these brunch time winners. Just give us give us a couple that that you like, and these are first quarter unders. These are yeah. these are games that you win your money early on by like twelve thirty, twelve forty five Central Time. Yep, you get these first quarter unders going. Yep. Probably around the time you're on your like third or fourth mimosa. If you're at, you a, at a little bit of a brunch place, hitting up the bottomless deal, watching some NFL football, uh, you know, I think that's a, a one way to go. And last week we did have a loser on the Washington football team Chargers, unfortunately, especially because the Chargers looked very good for that one drive. And then there was really nothing till the fourth quarter. So I think the idea was right. It just didn't pan out. And the game did still stay well under the total. So it didn't work out. Thought the idea was right, though. But, yeah, no, that's betting. Sometimes the, the good bets don't always win. Sometimes the bad bets do win. So because there are there's so many options this week, Ben, I was looking at that New Orleans-Carolina game. Carolina looked poor offensively. New Orleans looked great. But I also think there's been an overreaction to that performance against the Packers. They didn't have to face any adversity. So under first quarter, Carolina, New Orleans makes a lot of sense to me. Vegas, Pittsburgh, game we just talked about, like the first quarter under there. Pittsburgh didn't score on offense in the first quarter. They had zero points in the first half against the Buffalo Bills in week one. And we saw on Monday night the Vegas offense took a while to get going. And if they're hungover, then it's going to take even harder to get going, especially on the road. Um. Where's the other game? You mentioned before the show, and I like it, kind of, you know, got my eyes on that game, Broncos-Jaguars. Yep. Just the way the Broncos play, that conservative style with Teddy Bridgewater, Vic Fangio, and also the Jacksonville offense just really struggling out of the gate just, against yeah. the Houston Texans. Maybe the ja- Jaguars get garbage time t- points like they did in the fourth quarter against Houston when they were trailing by a lot, but I could see them starting off slow. And then maybe this one might be even too much of a, not too obvious, but it might be too much juice on the under to lay under seven and a half first quarter. New England Patriots, New York Jets. It's really low. (laughs) Total right now, 43. 
Um, I mean, two rookie quarterbacks, Mac Jones, first road start, Zach Wilson against Bill Belichick's defense without Mekhi Becton, one of their star offensive linemen. feel like the only way that does go over seven and a half is if there is a turnover that sets up a short field for one of the teams, which is which is possible, which is, you know, why this is always a risky bet, because one play could totally ch- like you can never you're never safe with the first quarter under. But if you can last fun. 15 minutes, you have a nice winner and don't have to wait two and a half more hours to see if you win or not. So those are the four games for the brunch time winners. Uh, maybe I'll tweet out Sunday if there's one that like, sticks out. Uh, but I'll definitely tweet out something if I like all four and if I'm playing all four. So keep an eye out on our Twitter account at Stadium Bets or follow me on Twitter at Nate Jacobson one. So those are our bets for the weekend. And again, to recap our best bets, we are tailing each other. Auburn under 23 and a half, their team total for the Auburn Penn State game. We both like the Titans plus six and a half. I like West Virginia minus two and a half and then Nevada money line. And Nate likes Carolina plus three and a half and the Vikings plus four. So those are our best bets for the weekend. Again, follow us, Stadium Bets. We'll be posting everything from the show. We'll be giving a full recap of our best bets and more. But for now, good luck, everybody, on College Football Saturday, NFL Sunday, and we will be back to recap it all on Monday. 